the school is out. Which means it's time for Hi Kids. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hi Kids show. Thank you for choosing 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Bria Katz and I am your host for today. Coming up on Hi Kids today, I'll be interviewing Maxime Hall. She is an optometrist from Targa Optical. Just stay tuned to 101.9 Hi FM to find out more about how you can improve your eyes. Get ready for a very exciting show on Hi Kids today. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Bria Katz and I'm 13 years old. Today is actually my last show on Hi Kids, which is very sad, but I'm very happy for all the four new amazing kids that are coming and it's an amazing experience for them. So good luck to all of them. And please message in and tell me if you've listened to any of my shows, how you've been enjoying them. I'd really love to hear from you. I think this is the point where I need to jump in. I wasn't just sitting in on your last show. Bria, how are you? How are you I'm feeling? good. I'm a bit how surprised. You, how are you feeling today? <laughs> uh, mixed feelings. Have I ever sat in on any of your shows, except in the very beginning? No. Okay. So you know that today's kind of special. Because this is, we've been listening to you on radio now since you were nine years old. Wow. How, many, how many years is that? That's three years. No, wait. Four okay. years. Four so years. Not so good at math, but it is yeah. four years, actually. <laughs> <laughs> She's a better radio presenter than she is a mathematician. I just want to tell you that it has been an absolute joy working with you. Um, for the listeners who don't know you, I will never, ever, ever forget... By the way, if you don't know me, my name is Kathy Kayla. I'm the CEO <laughs> of Chai <laughs> FM. And... Um, I remember interviewing Breweria and it was in our old boardroom, this long boardroom table, and um, I said to her, you know, it's important to interview the kids, find out how they relate to adults, if they're able to hold a conversation, if they can do so without being intimidated. And uh, I said to this nine-year-old who, I said to her, what toys do you play with? She said, what do you mean? I said, well, do you have a baby born? She said, what's a baby born? I said, a baby born, it's a doll. And it, you know, you feed it and it wheezes and it poos and it, no, she doesn't, she doesn't play with dolls. I said, well, what, what do you play with? And she said to me, I don't play with toys. I build drones. Uh, slightly <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, well, it's not embarrassing. I think it's a lovely story, and I think that that's really testament to who you are. You are very curious about the world, and you, you're very, very relatable. You've got a wonderful, wonderful attitude towards people. You are incredibly respectful. You are just a lovely human being. We are very, very sorry that you are growing up, but everybody has to grow up. And that means that you're kind of graduating and moving on from, from high kids. And as you say, we've got four new high kids. And uh, what I'm asking you, though, not Breweria, I'm asking you listening right now. If you've been listening to Breweria for the last four years, message her. Tell her how much you've enjoyed listening to her. And what we'll do is we'll actually print it out for her, and she can always have that for with her. So um, you can get in touch with the studio. You can either email on air at chaifm.com, C-H-A-I-F-M.com. 
You can SMS 34519, that's a text line, or you can pop her a telegram. Tell her how much you've enjoyed her because I'm telling you something. She prepares all of her own questions, as do all the other kids, but just the intelligence, the conversation, it has been an absolute joy. So a telegram is 0618951019. And I just want to say thank you very, very much. And, you know, you're not a child anymore, so we've actually got oh you. Oh, my God. For, you know, you're a young lady, so we've got you some beautiful flowers that, so that you can sweet. take home and oh, that you so can pretty. enjoy. And uh, don't be a stranger, Bruria. Stay with us. Oh, thank you so much, Kathy. That really means a lot to me. Yes. Uh, I love you too. My name is DJ Flo, the guy who's been pushing the red buttons. <laughs> the big red buttons. <laughs> They're that actually slats. And yo, it, uh, Kathy has said it all. And I don't know what to say anymore, but it's been great and amazing four years that I worked with you on High Kids. I don't know, but <laughs> High Kids have been so good, best, and best kids to work with and the best people like i always feel like coming to work but coming to high kids i've never felt i like i'm coming to work we've been enjoying each and every show since i've been with high kids for the past four years four years four yeah. years do you remember the day flo that um Bruria, Bruria's guest didn't arrive didn't arrive yes and, and she, she did, did an hour of radio on her Home. own Doing Could not reviewing. fault her on one thing, and most adults find that tough, and you just went for it, and you were absolutely outstanding. And we, Very proud uh, we of had you. only this man cried afterwards. You got <laughs> from Nachos. You gave him something. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I so love. It's sad that you know you had to grow up. You have to grow up. So, but I loved working with you. You made it so easy and enjoyable. Working with you and all the high kids. I still love, I can never forget the movie that you made me watch. I hope you remember. I have no idea what movie I made you watch. Even I know that. (laughs) (laughs) You made me watch Maleficent when you do the the preview on that movie. And you know, there's a lot that you kids taught me in life and in the radio industry. Thank you, DJ Flo. Y'all, the best DJ ever. (laughs) No, seriously, seriously. Thank you. And the best flow. The best flow. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to let you carry on with your with your interview. But uh, please send through your messages, your encouragement, and your thanks to uh, Breweria Katz, who has been presenting this show for the last four years, and uh, she's all grown up. So she can no longer do it, and we have four new high kids who who will be taking to the airways next week. And uh, just thank you very, very much for your dedication, your time, your commitment, and your love for our listeners. Thank you so much, Cathy. I can't even tell you how much this means to me. We love you, darling. Love you too. Thank you so much. Bye. All of you. Cathy just left the studio after telling me, thanking me for being the presenter on the show. Today's my last show for any of you who missed that first bit. And as she said... Uh, please, please, please message me if you've been listening to any of my shows for the past couple of years. I'd really love to hear um, how, what you've heard and how you've enjoyed it. So please SMS to three four five one nine, or you can Telegram to oh six one eight nine five one zero one nine. And now we are going to do what we were actually meant to do today. Um, and I'm going to interview an amazing optometrist by the name of Maxine Hall. So can you first tell me, please, Maxine, what is an optometrist? 
So optometrist is um, it's a healthcare profession. So and they provide basic eye and vision care to the public, um, involving correcting the refractive error with spectacles or with contact lenses. And we also do um, testing of any ocular diseases or pathology. So you said some very fancy words in there, like, I don't even remember them right now. But <laughs> if you remember, can you please explain to me what they were? So refractive error is whether the patient is farsighted or they're longsighted um, or they're nearsighted um, or a patient has an astigmatism. So that will be corrected with um, the spectacles or the contact lenses. Um, and then the pathology, which is like the diseases of the patient, sometimes it can be in the front of the eye or at the back of the eye. And then according to our results, we can either send that through to an ophthalmologist or ourselves, we can um, take care of that. So can you explain to me what's the difference between far, near and sighted and, and astigmatism? Okay. So with uh, farsightedness, also called hyperopia, um, it's where a patient usually, um, they see well at distance, but they will struggle to see uh, close up. And that's so, normally older people, if I'm right. So it can be, even younger patients can be like that. So it actually depends. It's all, it's all round, all ages. Um, usually when you get to the older ages, it's called presbyopia. So yes, they struggle to see um, mainly at near as well, but that's called more presbyopia. That's generally at the older ages. But And then you get the nearsightedness, um, which is where the patient really can't see uh, well at distance, um, but then they can see well close up. That's very interesting. And astigmatism, is that like when one eye is doing all the work and the other eye is weak and can't really see properly? Yeah, so if you have an astigmatism, generally the, the weaker eye will be the eye with the astigmatism. And it's more so of a focusing problem the patient will have. So the eye, the light entry in the eye, um, it won't be focusing properly on the back of the eye. So that there's lots of lights that's um, focusing, and now the patient's uh, having problems seeing clear. Okay, fine. This sounds like very complicated. The eye, it's everyone knows that like when you let's say you. Your fingers sore. You don't go to the doctor just because your fingers sore. But if your eyes sore, you go to the doctor. You know, yeah. your eyes are not something to mess around yes, with. Yes, yeah. So since the eye is so complicated, how long did it take you to study to become an optometrist? So it takes four years to study for optometry. Yeah. Okay, fine. That's actually not so long. I was expecting it to be a lot longer, actually, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Yeah. But now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably because, let's say you want to become an ENT, you have to first study to become a doctor, and yeah. then you specialize in ear, nose, and throat. Yes, yes. But with an optometrist, you just study eyes. You don't study anything else before, no, yeah, right? Yeah, it's specific just to the eye, yeah. So that's why it would be only four years, not like 12. Yes, correct. That makes sense. So can you tell me what, when you when someone comes to you for an eye test, right, what are the different things that you're going to be testing for? Because there's such a lot of different diseases and Far-sightedness, short-sightedness, stigmatism that can be happening in someone's eye. Yes. So how do you just cover all of that in one test? So uh, usually we have we do the basic what we call the autorefractor. Usually we start that, that out um, at the beginning of the test. So it's just a little machine that gives the optometrist a basic idea of where to start. Um, it can either be the autorefractor or we have another procedure where optometrists what optometrists do is called retinoscopy 
which is we ourselves, we can use our little, um, it's a called a retina scope and we look into the eye and it's, we shine a light in the eye and that gives us an idea of what the patient is, whether they're far-sighted or if they're near-sighted. That gives us a basic idea. And then from there, we do um, the whole um, eye test where the patient gives us answers of whether they prefer one or they prefer the two. Um, we show them different lenses, and they tell us which one they feel they can see better with. And that also gives us a, an idea of whether the patient's also far-sightedness or, or um, near-sighted, or they have the astigmatism. And then also we have our ophthalmoscope, and that's what we use to look at the back of the eye. So that's how we see whether the patient has got abno- any abnormalities at the back of the eye, because that's usually where the ocular diseases are. So that's what we use to have a look at the back of the eye. Yeah. So I just want to explain to you that... Abnormalities is something that's not meant to be there. Yes. So it's a little bump in the yes. eye or yes. something out of place. Yes. That's something that they're looking for. And what was the other word that you said? Do you remember? Um. I don't remember. Okay. Anyways, it doesn't make such a difference. <laughs> but can you, so do these diseases and eye diseases and things like that, do they have very defined symptoms? Like if someone walked into your office mm. and you don't necessarily test for all these complicated yes. eye diseases yes. in a normal eye test. Yeah. But if they walked into your into your room or whatever yeah. to get an eye test, would you be able to pick it up easily that they have a disease? Is it very, very defined? Um, so sometimes it can be difficult, but usually the patient will uh, complain of, like, as you say, the symptoms. So for, inza- for example, what's very common is the cataract. Everyone knows what's a cataract. So the patient will complain that their vision is blurry or it's quite cloudy and it's foggy and they might, might, might see like halos around lights. So that gives us an idea maybe this patient might have cataracts. So then we'll look for that. Or sometimes a patient will say that they have black spots in their eye. So they have a black area where they can't see anything and that's also a sign um, that maybe a patient has a disease which is called the macular degeneration, which is also quite common in the older ages. Um, so it's just also a lot of the, a lot of it is a case history that we get from the patient. They have to tell us what they're experiencing. So a lot of our eye test, we spend quite a bit of time on the case history. We ask the patient, has their vision changed since their last eye test? Is there any specific problems they're having? Um, and all those, yeah. So the patient is usually what gives us an, an indication. So how would you test babies? I mean, they often know, let's say, that little babies are blind. How would you know that if you can't ask them, can you see this, mm. which lens is clearer, yes. et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. So usually that's called what we call an objective test. So it's everything as optometrists, what we see. So you can't ask the patient anything because they can't speak. Um, but it gives us, we have certain, we'll ask them to grab like a toy. For instance, we'll put a toy in our hand and we'll ask the baby, um, we'll just show the baby, don't even ask them. We just show them and we, and see if they have that reflex of grabbing the object. That gives us an indication. The, the baby can actually see the object, they're grabbing it. If they actually go past the object or they, they're not even grabbing the object, that shows us, okay, there's a problem with the visual system. Okay, fine, that makes sense. Yeah. And you also, you, you're also saying something about cataracts. Can you yes. explain to me what that is? So a cataract is where you have uh, changes in the lens. So what you have in your eyes are lens. Um, and that has, that creates when you get older due to a lot of UV, um, exposure. So it's actually, um, hastened by UV exposure. So we always tell patients to always wear sunglasses, especially when you get older, sunglasses in the sun. 
So, um, cat, so when you get the cataract is where you have changes in the lens, the lens starts fogging up, gets cloudy, um, and it just changes so you're not seeing as clear as you can because that's where the light goes through. And if the light can't penetrate through that, then, um, you're not seeing clearly. Is UV the harmful rays of the sun? Sun, yes. Okay, yes. fine. So basically when you go outside, you need to wear sunglasses yes. to protect your eyes from that. Yes, yes. And I wear contact lenses yeah. and they actually, they have a little blue tinge in there. Yes. That is UV That's protection. That's a UV right? protection. It's funny yes. because I do actually still need sunglasses. Yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily UV that makes my eyes sore when I go outside without yeah. sunglasses, but it's just the sun in general. Yes. Brightness yeah, exactly. Sun. Yeah. Yeah. But... It's good to know that my eyes are protected from UV rays. <laughs> yeah. It's always good to wear the protection, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Do glasses also have that UV protection? Um, yes, you can get the UV protection, but specific to the UV coming from your computer screen or your cell phone screen. So you can get, um, you can also get like the anti-glare on the lenses, which helps not specifically with UV, but more with the glare, um, coming from the sun or from the outside. But yes, you can get the UV on just normal spectacles that protects from the UV. Yeah. Yeah. Someone told me she had like an orange tinge in her glasses yes. and I asked her why. And she said it was because when she looks at screens, there's something called blue light blue from light, a yes. screen and it either makes her nauseous or gives her headaches. Yeah. So the, the orange just kind of counteracts yeah. that. So, so she doesn't get that. Yeah. So, do bl- so as it's, as the name says, it's the blue blocker. So it, it just blocks all the harmful blue lights coming from the, from your computer. Yeah. It's very interesting. And the cell phone. <laughs> I, find, I find eyes so interesting. It's yeah. really, it's an incredible thing you are. Yeah. No, definitely. It's a machine that sees. It's like incredible. Yes, it's yeah. the most amazing thing ever. And we will continue talking about it after the song break. All right. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 High FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Berea Katz and I'm 12, 13 years old. Gee, I almost said 12. Not 12 anymore. If you have any questions for Maxine Hall, my guest, you can send them to 34519 or you can telegram to 061-895-1019. You can even phone on air to 010-140-3020. So now I'm going to carry on with the interview. Um, I did learn this at some point in my school, primary school career, but how does the sight system work? When you look at something... What happens in your eye and your brain to make you to make you see it? Um, so it is quite a complicated system. Definitely, very complicated. So on a just like on a basic level, so the eye the light um, shines into your eye, and then it hits the back of the eye, what you call the retina. Then once it hits the back of the retina, it sends signals to the brain to the visual cortex, which is then at the back of your head. And then from your visual cortex, and then it sends messages back to your eyes in order to to get that image. So you, it's a whole, it's an extremely quick um, process, extremely like like milli milliseconds, microseconds. Um, that so it's the light entering the eye, hitting the back, coming back towards going to the brain, and you process this image, and that may, what's make you see. Same with colors, colors as well, um, the red, the green, the blues. That's why it's always good to get a color vision test um, to, to make sure that you can see the colors properly because um, sometimes patients don't actually realize they can't see um, the colors properly. Um, and that also, it's also part of the visual system. They um, they integrate all the different colors and that's how you see. Yeah. Is it true that a lot of men are colorblind? Um, commonly, yes. It's generally males. 
Because, so yeah, funny. usually it is males that are colorblind. So basically, never trust your husband, brother, or son to tell you if your outfit yeah. matches. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask them the difference between red and maroon, because they'll say it's the same color. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, very funny. It's it's quite interesting to think about. Because if, if you see gray as black, let's just say, yeah. how would you realize that you're seeing the color wrong? It's actually very interesting. It's something that you would never, ever you know, r- notice yourself. Yes, yeah. So everyone uh, perceives color differently. So you might, someone might see a shade of red as dark and you might see a shade of red as light. Oh, really? So you do actually see colors differently? Yeah, you do see That's colors differently. Yeah, so it's also also dependent on the refractive area of the eye. But everyone's different and everyone's eye is unique, just like our fingerprints. Everyone's eye is unique um, and we all see things a bit differently to everyone else. That's very interesting. I've often had a conversation with someone. This is pink. No, it's blue. This is um, purple. This yes. is pink. No, it's purple. I'm telling you it's purple. I'm telling you it's pink. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's just interesting because you might see it actually yes. differently. Yeah, exactly. And we have a question from one of our listeners. She said, what causes colorblindness? That's from Santa Pabetsi. Okay. So uh, thank you so much for messaging. And to any of you other listeners who have questions, please message to 34519. Or Telegram to 061-895-1019. Uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so colorblindness is a genetic disorder, um, which is generally transferred onto a son by the dad. That's hence why it's always uh, males. Because it's on, so what, um, so it's with, on a more biology-based thing. Females, they have two X chromosomes, whereas uh, males have an X and a Y chromosome. Or, and the color blindness defects is on the Y chromosome. Hence why it's more common with the males and um, not very common with the females. That makes sense. Yes, yeah. So is there a disease that you can, you see the world without color? So you see black and white? Um, like a color blindness disease? They can, yes, they can be. Um, but not that I've, I haven't come across that as of yet. Um, but I think there are very, very small, very, rare. very, very rare, rare, um, where you can get patients who will just see black and white and they'll see, they might see colors, but very faintly, very, very faintly, where it will just look like shades of gray. Yeah. It's very, it's very interesting. I, I was reading this like teen page magazine and they, they always have like a section about who people who have some sort of misconcepted kind of disease or, Something like that. They yeah. write like a little thing. Yeah. And one of them, it was color blindness in this mm. time. And it was like, I do not see the world in black and white. <laughs> you know, it was one of the, one of those things. And it said on the side that there is a rare disease that, yeah. that people see in black and white. Yeah. Imagine that's so boring. So it's yeah. time you look at something with color just to appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, like if someone is born with that, they don't know like any better. So they feel yeah. like it's fine. Sad. It's normal. Yeah. Like, it is sad. It's very sad. Um, but at least, like, they think that's normal, so they don't know what they're missing out on. But how do you even test people for, for let's say they're people who see re- green and blue at the, as the same thing. Well, let's yeah. say, uh, for my example, let's say someone sees blue as green and yeah. green as blue, let's yeah. just say. They see it the opposite way around. And when you're younger, they teach you colors. This yeah. is blue and this is green. Yes. So how would you test them for color blindness if you say, what color is this? And they say blue because they were taught that. Yeah. In their head, it's actually green, if that makes sense. Yes. So they actually were taught, they actually think that green is blue. If I'm, I, I don't know how to explain myself, but so yeah. how do you test for color blindness if they think that the color that they're seeing is the correct color? 
Um, so with colorblindness, you're generally, we have like a tray of colors and it'll be of different shades of um, blue and then it'll be different shades of green, which then goes into like a purple color. And then you generally ask the patient to line them up from the darkest blue and then it has to be in order from the darkest blue, then, then the next shade that's closest. And usually we have an, a specific order. And if they get that order completely wrong, they put in the purple with the blue or they put in the green with the purple, then you know, okay, this patient definitely has some color defect and then you'll have to look more into it. Okay, fine. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. It's always been something that I'm very interested in because if you, if you see blue as green yeah and someone tells you you see the green right and someone says that's blue yeah so even though it isn't actually blue you're going to think that because that's what you were taught it's something very interesting yeah actually yeah been thinking about for a while and also i was is there like glasses to fix color blindness or is it just something you have to live with no there you can get some these these special lenses um, which can, it doesn't, uh, eliminate the color blindness, but it improves the vision, which allows the patient to see more colors. So it won't exactly, um, give you the perfect vision that they need, but it allows them to see more colors, um, than they have been initially, but not as much as a normal person. Glasses are actually the most amazing thing. And yes. sometimes I think my prescription is, I mean, it's, it's not terrible, but it's not amazing. Like when I don't have my contact lenses in, yeah. it's quite blurry. And sometimes I just think, imagine there wasn't an invention of glasses. I would never be able to see the world properly. It's yeah. crazy. It's, yeah. You would always see that w- the world in, the, in this in this blurry state. And yes. I know that they say that uh, it it comes from screens and that's why people today are more far-sighted. But mm. I mean, from a very young age, before I had a lot of access to technology mm. i did i had glasses from a very young age so it wasn't just the screen <laughs> i'm saying yeah 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 so it, it really does improve people's vision i, I mean technology is amazing it so, really is yeah as, as i hate to think what, what would happen if there wasn't such a thing as glasses i mean i wouldn't be able to see anything properly. Yeah. it's it's actually crazy to think about yeah it is yeah so with frames, sorry, which do you think is better, as from your experience, contact lenses or glasses? Or does it just depend on the patient? I think it depends on the patient um, most of the time because you also have to see whether the patient um, is suitable to wear contact lenses. Sometimes they're not. But in my in my perspective, I would say spectacles are more suitable because there's less risk of, because contact lenses, they just there's more risk of, um, your eyes drying out and also a lot of um, what reason why patients um, drop out of contact lens wear is comfort. So comfort is a huge thing with contact lenses. As soon as it's um, uncomfortable, the patient will stop wearing them and they'll go straight back to their spectacles. So spectacles, um, whenever you wear them, they're not going to cause you discomfort in your eyes. Um, whereas contact lenses are a different uh, situation. And with contact lenses, also it's hygiene is a huge thing. You need to make sure you're cleaning them, um, and always making sure that your eyes are perfectly clean, your hands as well when you're putting them in. Um, so there's a lot of more risk involved with contact lenses, a lot more um, effort with contact lenses. Spectacles are a lot easier. You put them on when you w- wake up in the morning and you put take them off when you go to sleep. Whereas contact lenses, you need time to put them in. Um, and it's a whole comfort thing and whether you and are able to do, uh, use a contact lens. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, that's why they don't give contact lenses to young children. It's a big responsibility. Exactly, you yes. don't 
keep, I mean, I use a solution, not everyone uses this, but I use a solution called Aocept. Mm. And if you don't keep it in the solution for six hours, six, you yes. can practically burn your eyes burn out. It. Yes. So you have to make sure that you keep them in the solution for six hours. And it's, I mean, you have to stick by quite a strict yes. protocol kind yes. of thing. Yeah. But I personally love contact lenses. I tell everyone, you know, uh, first of all, I think that I look much better without glasses. Yeah. So that's another thing. People don't like wearing glasses. Yeah. It can be like, if it sits on their nose funny or if it's not straight, etc. So yeah, that's another, that's a benefit of contact lenses. Definitely. Yeah. But you know, if you're not comfortable, then definitely you, you can't wear contact lenses if you're not comfortable. Mm. But yeah, some people do have extra sensitive eyes, so they yeah. can't handle contact lenses. Yes. But. I mean, thank God I don't, but yeah, so I love contact lenses. So it's yeah. just interesting to see people's, different people's perspective. Yeah, no, But go with optometrists, I'm not a professional. <laughs> no, definitely. Cause I mean, contact lenses, you can also, people wear them for cosmetic reasons. Yeah. Changing the color of your eye, that can be quite common. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's, there's many uses with contact lenses. You can even use it as a bandage. So you know, you put a bandage over a sore on your, on your, say on your hand, you can even use a contact lens oh, really? as a bandage on your eye. I didn't but, know that. Yeah. But that's, um, um, when you have, like, for instance, if you had a, a surgery or anything, that's used as um, protection. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. Eye surgery. Whoa, <laughs> that must be. You're going to have to study for, like, 20 years to be an eye surgeon. Yeah. I'm exaggerating, but wow, that must be very complicated. Yeah, I think so. I think I would also think so. Yeah. Ophthalmology, that's the that's where they do the surgeries and everything. What is, what's the difference between an ophthalmologist and an optometrist? Um, so the ophthalmologists, they study medicine and then they specialize in ophthalmology. And ophthalmology, it's mainly, they, they deal mainly with the eye diseases. Whereas the optometrists, we deal mainly with correct, correction of the refractive error. Um, as in correction of their astigmatism or their nearsightedness or their farsightedness. That's what we, that's our main job. Whereas the ophthalmology, their main job is more of the diseases and, um, treating those. Yeah, so it's actually quite a different job. I always thought they were very overlapping, but they actually deal in two very different areas. Yeah. Of so we do overlap in certain perspective, because um, they can also do a um, correction of, with spectacles, but usually they'll, um, the optometrists will do that. And they, they don't have time for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're so packed and busy. With yeah, the they're very busy. Yeah, very, very busy. And there's a shortage, so they're very, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they definitely, I mean, it's such a long degree to study for mm. that I can understand why it's a shortage. You have to study for about, I think, seven-ish years, seven or eight years to be a doctor. Yes, yeah. And then another four years or something like that to study ophthalmology. Yes. So it can take, like, between 11 and 13 years. Yeah, exactly. Which is a very, very long time to yeah, very be long. studying something. Yeah. So I think that's probably what people put, what, pe- what puts people off. Yeah. And also, it's busy. Mm. If you ever, if you ever, like, had, had to book an, uh, an uh, appointment with an ophthalmologist, you, they're like, okay, so we have an open appointment in, like, uh, one and a half years, is that good? <laughs> I mean, I'm joking, but it's jam-packed. Yes, yeah, they are, they're very busy all the time. Definitely. Yeah. Are you very busy as an optometrist as well? Yes, yeah, we always busy, um, at our practice at Toga Optical in the Norwood. Um, always have patients every day, um, and weekends are also jam packed because when people don't have time during the week when they're working, weekends are the only time. So usually our weekends are very full. Um, and then also our late afternoons, very full after work. But yeah, we're always testing. Yeah. It's so funny all these things that are like the rush hours and like the hot, the yes. break almost. Yes. It's like the yeah. weekend when you're like chilling or whatever and these people like that are working. It's yeah. It's just funny. It's like the opposite way around. Yeah. 
So just we work harder on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. And you have like a bit of more break on the in, in the week, during yeah, the week. Yeah. yeah. So how long have you been on optometrist for? Uh since last year. Oh um, wow. Yeah. So I qualified last year. Um so I've been working at Torga now since last year. Oh wow, that's amazing. Yeah. It's it must be I mean it's it's a I'm getting so tongue-tied, yeah. But it must be amazing to have a, a organization, a company like that you can work for because yeah. to start your own practice when you just started is completely unrealistic. No, de- definitely, just, definitely, yeah. It's always good to get the experience. Definitely. Um, especially with the bigger companies because they're well-known and you, um, you're always going to have patients coming for eye tests. And you get, you get publicity. Yes, and you get, yes. You also get a lot of help. Like you, you work with other optometrists. Yes. So if you come across something that you're not so exactly. experienced yeah. and you just call someone else. Yeah, you just you know. call your colleague and you just ask for a second opinion. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's all, yeah, it's always good to have the experience first before you jump into opening Definitely. a yeah. It's one thing studying about it, but it's a completely different thing when it's practical. Yes, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because there's always the business aspect of opening your own practice. So. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you've just started, you really need someone to, yes. you know, help you. And mm. I mean, from what I think, you know. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, with all these things, you need a lot of practice and actual practical use. You yeah. Know, when you need, when yeah. you. Yeah, becoming well, a doctor. Of course, or it, like in, that. in in any profession, the, the stu- when you study, you do, you're doing just the basics. As soon as you start working, that's when you see everything. You start learning a lot more. Um, you learn to deal with different people, with different um, problems, and that's just where the experience comes from. It's actually quite interesting. I'm I've just been thinking about how our technology and research has developed. It's it's crazy. There used to be one profession, so we all know what an ENT is. It's an ear, nose, and throat doctor. Yeah. That used to be ear, nose, throat, and eyes. And then there was so much research done to eyes that it became this whole separate yes, thing. Yes, yes. Which is amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It really is amazing how things develop. Mm. And we, we can, we'll carry on developing. Definitely. It will never stop. <laughs> Maybe there, there might be like a different profession for like short-sightedness <laughs> you know, like yeah. too long-sightedness and whatever. Yeah. So if someone needs to, needs an optometrist to go to, how can they go to, how can they get the number for Togo Optical, is it called? Yes, Togo Optical. So um, you can Google it um, on the internet. You just say Togo Optical Norwood. Um, usually, if you even if you go on your Google Maps, you can say the nearest optometrist. Oh, that's cool. And um, hopefully, like, it's Togo Optical. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for coming in the studio with me today yeah, and pleasure. teaching me more about us. Yeah. You, I mean, I'm, I've said this a few times, but you're my last guest on Chakids. Oh, yeah. And you're a really great one. So yeah. thank you so much. That's a pleasure. I really learned a lot. Yeah, and thanks for having me. Okay, so before we wrap up the riddle, I'm going to quickly read some messages that some of my devoted listeners sent to me. So the first one says, We love listening to you, Brie. You're the best presenter. We will miss your shows. Love, Heavy and the Diamond Crew. Aw, thank you so much. Guys, I love these messages. Thank you so much for listening to my shows, Heavy Diamond and the crew. Um, I really, really appreciate you listening, and thank you again for messaging. And we have another one from Sen and Pebetsi. It says, Hi, Bria, I really want to thank you for being such a dedicated, fun, and always interesting person to be around. You are a rock star, and I wish you the best in the future. Stay fabulous and fun, and don't be a stranger to Kha Kids. And send about a million emojis. Uh, and then stay shining. Thank you so much. Senna is my producer. I uh, really appreciate that, Senna. Thank you so much for messaging me. And this is like one of them that I got right because I always, at one point, there was a joke going around like, 
what what uh, vegetable do you need to eat? How do you know that carrot is the vegetable that you need to keep your eyesight good? And the answer was, because you never see a bunny wearing glasses. I thought that was a very stupid joke. But anyways, it helped me remember it. So it obviously wasn't for nothing. <laughs> and thank you so much again to my guest, Maxine. I really, really appreciate you coming and teaching me more about eyes. I really learned a lot. Yeah. And you were a great last guest on Chakid. No, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thank you to DJ Flo for the devoted years of pushing the big red slides. I'm going to tell the truth. It's my last show. It's not buttons. It's slides. And to my producer, Senna, for producing my shows. I couldn't have done it without you. And also, I had a producer before that, Mandy Pakin. Also, I want to thank her. Thank you so much, Mandy. I also could never have been here without you. And I just want to say thank you to all my listeners for listening to me over the years. I can't... I, I, can't even believe that this is my last show. I remember my first day so clearly. I'm not a nervous person, but I was a bit nervous. Uh, I just can't. I didn't have any many words to say. So thank you, everyone, for supporting me and listening to my shows. I'm really sad to be leaving, but good luck to the new Kha Kids. I'm sure you'll do absolutely great, and I'll stay in contact with Kha Kids through my sister, who is going to be joining the Kha Kid team. So thank you again. Also, a huge thank you to Kathy Kada for giving Jewish kids a uh, opportunity to talk on air. It was such an incredible experience, and I'm actually very happy to step back and give other kids the wonderful experience that I had. So thank you. Join us tomorrow for another Chai Kids show, only on 101.9 Chai FM. And for the last time, this has been Chai Kids, 4Kids, 5Kids.